elite individuals eliminate their negative neuro connections and upgrade their productivity within 15 days using neurotransformations. Hello, my friend. Welcome to Something for Everybody, the podcast to help those who listen feel more loved and connected through story sharing. My name is Aaron Mashbitz, and my mission is to help you realize your potential and capabilities through conversations and deep insights so you can make your prior best your new baseline. Dan Nakamura joins the podcast this week, and Dan is a high-performance neuro coach, and we talk about neuro transformations, limiting beliefs, gaining inner peace, and getting into the flow state more often. In other news, this episode was brought to you by Amare. Amare is the mental wellness company and I use their products daily. So click the link in the show notes, check out which products might be best for you and use the code everybody at checkout for $10 off your entire order. Now on to episode 169 with Dan Nakamura. Hello, my friend. <clears throat> welcome to Something for Everybody. My name is Aaron Mashvitz. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having. It's really a pleasure to be here. I've I've watched some some episodes and I I really feel that you're coming from the heart, you know. So really happy to be here. Really, yeah. I feel that you're doing something uh, with a, with purpose. You know what I mean? So yeah. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. I feel the same about your work, and I'm excited for this conversation. And before we dive into all of that stuff, I have one very important question to ask you, and it is, how are you doing, Dan? Like, really, how are you doing? Man, I'm really happy because, you know, uh, I'm a happy person generally, always in a good mood. And uh, I know I do what I love. I know that I'm having a great impact in the people that I work with, you know. So I do what I love. So, you know, I'm doing my purpose, my mission. So... What can I ask more? You know, I'm healthy. My kids are healthy. My wife is great. I have great friends. And, you know, all good, man. Really, really happy. Really, really blessed. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to share this, you know, to the world yeah. and, yeah, spread this. I uh, I feel that energy. You know, I, I'm on that same sort of vibe. And you speak about purpose. Purpose is a very interesting mm -hmm. thing and a very important thing. Did you Did you always know what you wanted to do, what your purpose might be, or how did you, how did you uncover that for yourself? That's a great question. So I, I was lost when I was 19. Uh, when I was a kid, I was really always so focused on performance, you know, working out martial arts. I was crazy. I was like uh, working out like crazy, really doing some stuff, crazy stuff. <laughs> but uh, I didn't know actually what I wanted to do in life. I was a little bit lost. So I went to Japan for a year. So my mom was like, you know, you don't know what to do. I was finishing high school and you no, know, I had the opportunity to go to Japan. I was like, okay, I'll go. One-way ticket. I was there for a year. I was doing karate and all the stuff. Then when I came back, I knew this acupuncture master since I was a kid. So he was like, okay, why don't you take a course with me? And uh, I was like, okay, let's try that. Because I, I used to take care of my mom when I was uh, a little guy, a, a little boy. Because in Jap uh, my mom is Japanese, 100%. My father is half Belgian, half Portuguese. So I used to, you know, treat my mom with some acupuncture points and all that. And that was quite good at it and uh i was like okay let's take a course and that's how it started sometimes maybe you know purpose find, finds us maybe i don't know something like that 
so that's how I started to be a therapist. Yeah, I'm a therapist mm -hmm. for almost 20 years now. I, I still love what I do, you know. I do coaching plus all uh, therapies as well. So, yeah, that's what I do. So helping people for me is something that, uh, you know, gives me goosebumps, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, sort of similar in regards to me. Like you, you started with the body, mm. right? Because acupuncture is exactly. about the body. You started with martial arts and working out. Same for me. I started with the body. And now majority of my – and then I sort of transitioned into sort of emotional mental health. And then – you know, you have these sort of two sides, which a lot of people think aren't connected. Like I'll train the body, I'll train the mind. They're not connected. And then you have, you know, expertise in, in both areas. And then like now I know that you and I both feel like, yes, now we have this expertise in both areas. So we can combine them. They're interconnected. They're bi-directional. And I think that's really where we can help the mm -hmm. most people is, is teaching them about this full system that they could, um, that they could tap into. 100% agree. So what happened was I was treating uh, patients with my master like for 10 years, right? But I remember that he was always saying that 70% of the people coming in and he used to, you know, he has a, a big clinic here in Portugal. He used to treat like 50 people a day, something like that. It was crazy. Wow. But he would say to me that 70% of the people that were coming in was psychosomatic disorders, you know? So I was, a, I was a, a young guy. I was really happy. I didn't know what, about anxiety and depression and all that. But I, just, I was talking to many people, right? And I felt that people weren't happy, man. For me, that was a, I don't know, maybe I was blessed to have like a, a good life and all that. Obviously, I have my struggles as well. We can talk about that later on. And that's what brought me to anxiety and panic attacks and all that. That was, you know, a really tough part of my life. But we can talk about that as well. But I didn't understand that people weren't happy, weren't aligned with themselves. And that brought disease to them. So I was like, okay, if this is the case, why don't I study like life coaching? So I took like international life coaching certification, neuro-linguistic programming certification. Then I did emotional freedom techniques. That's just like you, man. I was a personal trainer as well. So everything about the mind and the body, you know, I just wanted to study it all. And uh, that's it. Uh, some people, some patients of mine actually got better when I talked to them. You know, mm -hmm. like sometimes you give me, you give them like one insight or two and the body heals. And actually acupuncture also talks about emotional, you know, organs are related to some emotions like the uh, like the kidney is fear, you know, related to fear. Uh, like the liver is related to anger, lungs related to sadness. So uh, when emotions, when get, it can get trapped, you know, and it, it, it um, disrupts the energy flow. So yeah, emotional is a big, big part. And this really sometimes as a man, you know, I was growing up like, you know, you got to be strong and you got to be the man, you know, all that. And we we tend to not um, take care of our emotions. And that takes a toll. Yeah. Yeah. So emotional is really important for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it can take a toll. <clears throat> it can take a toll, right? You bottle those things up for such a long time yeah. and you have no way to – they're not getting put out of any into the world. So they're just causing more things to happen in your body which go unnoticed and then over time, you're wondering why you're sick and tired and angry yeah. all of the time. And it's because of these things that have just compiled over mm -hmm. over years, right? It's the same way with building a positive habit. Like I do one little thing every single day. It adds up. Now five years later, I'm in the best shape of my life or I have the job of my life or whatever the case may be is. Same thing in reverse, right? If I just keep avoiding, keep avoiding, keep avoiding, keep mm -hmm. avoiding, then the dragon is so big it burns my fucking house down. And I'm like, well, where did this dragon come from? Well, it's just been getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, over yeah. a long period of time. And we just avoided it. And uh, 
a lot of men, you know, deal with that with their emotions. And it's nice to see the conversation change in a good direction. But I think, I think it's about having this sort of harmony with like being strong and being tough. Cause there are points in your life where you have to do that. I'm sure, you know, yep. you're a father, right? If yeah. someone is attacking your kids, you're not going to mm -hmm. just be like, Oh no, it's fine. Right. You're going to have this animalistic instinct and you're going to do everything you fucking can to protect your children. Yeah. For but sure, man. say your, your kid also comes home crying. You're not going to be like, Hey, shake it off. Fucking that's not, that's enough. No, cry. no, you're going to be like, Hey, are you all right? What happened? I love you. Let's mm -hmm. talk about like, there's two harm harmony right there. Like those are two beautiful sides of a human being. And as men, we can portray those masculine and feminine characteristics. And I think that's where we have to get as a society. We just over rotate in a certain direction, yeah. too much feminine, too much masculine, whatever the case may be is, but we can walk that line in certain situations and have that ability to manage that in a really, really powerful way. Oh man, I agree a hundred percent. And uh, it's about yin yang, you know, you know, the mm. yin yang symbol, right? You have the black and the white and there's a balance, but it's interesting that uh, on the black, you have also a little bit of white, right? Mm. You have like, right. And then on the uh, other side, the yang side, you have a little bit of yin inside as well. So it's all about balance. It's all about being assertive as well, right? Uh, sometimes you have to tell the kid, like my, my kid plays soccer, my, my daughter plays basketball. They're really competitive. And sometimes you got to say, you know, just, you know, stand up and uh, whatever and go, go get the ball or something. Right. But right. sometimes you have to understand what is going on inside of them and talk to them and then give them good insights. Also good advice as well. Yeah. I think that um, we are also, you know, as a culture, uh, obviously, you know, even Western culture, uh, culture and, uh, and all, uh, we are going towards also to be more, a little bit more aware of emotions, right? Even as a man. So that's, I think that we're going to, towards a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're headed in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Probably going to have to take a few, a few pivots, uh, yeah, you know, maybe sure. altercations, but that happens with anything that, that is really quite important. But also I, I've been, yeah. oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah. all you go also, ahead. Yeah. Also, um, you know, um, I sometimes feel that, uh, there is a part that, um, masculinity is wrong, you know, being the old school man is wrong, but I don't think that's the case. You know, sometimes it's taking too, too, you know, it's being too extreme. So I think maybe we're going to lo lose a little bit of a balance there, but then we're going towards to, to balancing again. Yeah. I don't know if I, if you get what I mean. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I, I agree with you. If I'm understanding you correctly, like there's this view of masculinity, right? Mm -hmm. And for a long time, it was, it just, it became something that it wasn't meant to be, right? When I think of being a strong man, you know, my father was a great example. A lot of the coaches as I had were great examples. They were people who had these four characteristics that I think are very important. And they all start with a C. I didn't do that on purpose, but they have confidence competence, mm -hmm. compassion, and they're caring, right? Yeah, Those are four exactly. things, right? Mm -hmm. But we have this view that all masculinity is toxic, which is not true. Yes, there exactly. are- Exactly, that's what I want to say. Right, yeah. there are certain people who have toxic traits. It's not defined by one person or one race or one culture. Mm -hmm. That's an individual and we can't 
mm-hmm. put everyone in that box or else we'd all be bad. We're all bad. I've, I've, I've yeah. had terrible thoughts. Everyone's had terrible thoughts. We've done bad things. We've said bad things, right? Then, so that means everyone who looks, acts like me, all Jewish people, they're just all bad. No, mm-hmm. just me. I did the thing, but I can correct myself and I can move forward with that, with that less judgmental thing, knowing that there's evil inside of me and there's also evil inside of other people, but the light can overtake that. And I think that's what happened with masculinity. We just over rotated in this direction where now we have these just like somewhat weak, docile boys who aren't going out into the world and trying to get things done. Right? They're staying inside. They're they're not trying to have relationships or partners or have drive. Like we did that as a culture, as a society. We we ha- we need men just like we need strong women. Exactly. We need strong men, exactly. right? We need the the union, the partnership, the the collaboration, mm-hmm. the negotiation of of people coming together to create great things. And we can elevate each other in that way. And I think we've become so, so adversarial, you know what I mean? So adversarial instead of pushing each other. Like if this person's gonna elevate, okay, I I gotta reach this standard so I can attract this type of person. And it's like, one thing that I always like to say is that if, if you're a man and every woman on the planet thinks you're unattractive, it's not the woman's fault. It's your fault, right? <laughs> yeah. You mm-hmm. have to take responsibility for that. You know what attract women. Okay, become that man. It might yeah. take you five, 10 years. Doesn't matter. Become mm-hmm. that man. Become more valuable. Become more competent. Become more confident. Become more pa- compassionate and caring and be that person and hold these values up that you know to be true and attractive. And then you can bring that woman into your life. And then it's a magical thing. And it same goes for women. If you're not attracting the right man into your life, what do you bring to the table that you can acquire? Because everything can be acquired, skills, talents, uh, all of this stuff. And now you are the person who is attractive to the opposite sex or whatever sex you're interested in. And I yeah. think that's what's important. We're, we're, we're letting go of the responsibility and not taking ownership of who we are and how we want to be and how we want to be in this world. And we're blaming it on everything else. And that's a problem. Yeah. Res- taking responsibility is something really important, right? Now there are, you know, many people just don't take respons- responsibility, young people actually as mm-hmm. well, like men, you know, when you're, I was brought like that, right? When a man says one thing, you got to do it, right? Like Japanese, you know, Japanese education is quite tough, <laughs> as you might imagine. Actually, my mom yeah. was tough, but I'm, I'm glad she was like that, obviously. But uh, yeah, I think that there are some values that are, are getting lost, you know, because we're too soft, maybe sometimes, you know? So we have to be soft and sometimes hard. It's about mm-hmm. being assertive for sure. Yeah, I agree 100% with what you said, man. Really, really. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought about I've thought about it a lot. You know, having a lot of these conversations, it's the beauty of a of a podcast and just like yeah. to get you know listening back to prior episodes and getting things wrong and not being sophisticated and just having trains of thought. Like I'm not. We haven't pre-planned this conversation. You and I did. Yeah. It's like whatever's coming to our brain right now, and and we're probably me and you are probably going to have another conversation a year, six months, two years mm-hmm. from now. And we might say things totally different. Some things exactly. might still be true, right? But it's just like exactly. things evolve, things grow. Like that's mm-hmm. just the coolest part about, I think, putting things out in, in the world, right? You, you're on mm-hmm. social media all the time. You have a great following. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at your stuff on Facebook and on your website. And all those links are in the show notes if people want to check those out. And it's like, yeah, you believe this thing right now. And you wholeheartedly believe what you're doing to be effective and true, which we're going to get into in a second. But mm-hmm. maybe you maybe you found a different or better practice, or you altered something in two years, and that's totally okay. That's the that's a great that's thing, the, man. That's a great right? thing. You have to evolve, it's, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's the <laughs> that's the path of a human. If I never changed from age 
14 mm-hmm. to 60, well, I'd still be doing what I was doing at 14, which was, I don't know, playing with Batman and, you know, <laughs> pretending I was a superhero, which was pretty cool. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing that still, but you get what I mean? It's yeah. like, yeah. It's, it's, you it's, get it's to do when you have kids, man. When you get yes. kids, you have to, you, you get to do a lot of stuff when you're a kid. Yeah. That's, well, that's yeah. a cool part of being a father. <laughs> that's why I became a uh, pro wrestler, Dan, so I could pretend to be a superhero for a long time. Oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> but um, right. speaking of speaking of your specific work, mm-hmm. um, let's let's get into the nuts and bolts of okay. that. And the, fir- the first question I want to ask you about that is what is what are neurotransformations? You speak a lot about that. Yeah, man. So basically, uh, neuro I call it neurotransformations because we have uh, wire like uh, neuro neurological connections, right, with habits like habits and behaviors and all limiting beliefs and all that. So basically what I do is reprogram the mind as fast as possible. At least it's the fastest technique that I found till today. Cause I, like I said, I tried different kind of therapies, took a lot of courses and I found some cool stuff uh, to change the, the wiring basically of the brain to get results, different results. So instead of working with the conscious mind, we work with the subconscious mind and uh, rewire that connections to get the, the, the results that we want. Basically, that's what I do, but without hypnosis and without trance. Um, what can I say more about that? So imagine that you have like a behavior that you want to change and you try it consciously. Like, like you know, you can do affirmations like uh, I'm, I'm not a smoker or something like that, or like uh, I, I am always disciplined and all that. But if there's a part of the subconscious mind that doesn't believe that, it's going to be actually more difficult to achieve that, uh, you know, that uh, reality, right? So if you work with the root cause, um, you can change that really fast and get the result faster. So, you know, like Windows, you know Windows, right? And um, we're old enough to know MS-DOS, right? MS-DOS, the, the program that runs behind Windows. Mm, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We have to, remember MS-DOS, it's really old. <laughs> but basically, you, you have the program in front of you, but there is a program inside of that one. And so if you work with that, the program, you know, of the root cause, you can change it and uh, get the results really fast. And uh, I did coaching for a while. Uh, you know, I've been a therapist for 20 years. I did coaching for maybe 15 now, 15 years. Always, you know, connected with therapists and all that. And uh, usually we used to get to the goals and, you know, goal setting and uh, how to achieve this and that, the smart method and all that. But I, I saw that some clients, you know, used to get the goals, but um, they would go there, but get pulled down again. And that was because they had a lot of issues from the past and limiting beliefs and bad negative experiences holding them back and pushing again, you know, to, towards to the, to the original point. So I was like, something's not working well. And uh, we are in 2023, you know. I think that coaching industry should be actually changing a little bit more to deeper stuff. And uh, it should be also faster in their results. So, yeah. So that's what I do. Like I get results like in three sessions and all that, but crazy, awesome results, you know, like uh, really cool stuff. (laughs) I can give you some examples, like uh, insomnia stuff, like uh, anxieties, like panic attacks, like, um, you know, uh, productivity, like focus, because nowadays everyone is so, um, how do you say, they're practicing distraction every day, right? Mm. Because we are always practicing distraction with the phones and all that. No one practices focus basically, right? we try to, but many people can't. But there is a part of the mind, the subconscious mind, that likes to be distracted, you know. Or maybe there is like an auto-sabotage, you know, part of the subconscious mind as well. So we have to work with those parts as well to, to align to the specific goal that we want. In this case, like being able to focus. Yeah, mm. so that's what I do. Yeah. 
So differently from hypnosis, it's like a, hypnosis, like you work with the subconscious mind as a whole. Here we work like with specific parts of the subconscious mind. So it's like having a, a boat and the captain, the rational part, you know, is the, is the conscious part. The rational part is the captain. The captain knows where he wants to go, you know, like, uh, okay, I want to have success. But there are many crew members. One of them may, might be freeze, freeze, you know, like, man, I'm afraid to go there. I don't know what success is, you know, so I'm not going to row towards that part. And there are parts of the subconscious mind might have like a negative experience. Another crew member saying that, man, I got to row that way because, you know, that happened and I don't want to get into trouble again. And there are crew members, you know, rowing at the same, to the right direction. But what I do, I don't work with the whole crew members. I work with specific crew members and change those. You know, so that they can roll all together to the to the island they want to go to the goal. Yeah. So in your initial assessments with someone, mm -hmm. your your main goal is to get them or for you to uncover the root cause of what might be happening in their life. Yeah, usually in the initial consultation, which is free because I just work with the with the, the people that I know that I can work with, you know, that I can get results. So I have to do this initial consultation. So we talk about where they at, the point A, the point B, where they want to go. And we talk the con conscious obstacles. People know, you know, okay, I should be doing this, but I'm not doing that and all that. So we talk about obstacles as well. Many of them could be at the subconscious level, you know, sometimes like the onion, you know, you have many layers. So you have to peel that off and uh, yeah, try to understand the core issue. But uh, if, and then I do some neuro testing. So I have to understand how the, how, you know, if it was you, how your mind works, you know, uh, if I can communicate with the subconscious mind, if I can get answers from the subconscious mind, because we actually make your body move with, I don't know if you heard about uh, muscle testing, kinesiology and all that. Yeah. And also we do, yeah. So we do idiomotor response. So basically we can make your body answer yes or no subconsciously. So like when you're listening to music, you're tapping your fingers or you're moving your head, you're not doing it consciously, right? You're just doing mm. subconsciously. And we can ask the subconscious mind to come, come out and uh you know speak to us and get a yes or no answer and so i have to those i have to do those kind of tests so that i can you know work with this person if i can perfect i actually ask the subconscious mind if i can work with you or not and answers me yes or no yeah so it's quite cool the first initial consultation is really fun because people think no what the hell how this happened you know uh, right. but it's really cool yeah so that's what i do but afterwards, obviously, the subconscious part appears and you get so many different kind of answers. You never know where the session is going to. Sometimes it goes mm -hmm. to childhood, you know, and sometimes it's more a present thing. Yeah. Are, are people surprised sometimes about how their subconscious answers and how they might have answered yeah. in like real time to you? Yeah, it's so cool because uh, sometimes um, <laughs> I had like in the, in the initial consultation, like the, uh, the, the client informed me, like, I would really want to work with you. But the subconscious says, no, I don't want to work with you. You know, <laughs> he wants a yes, but he gets a, a no. But usually it's because of an obstacle, like fear of change, you know, or fear of, you know, I don't know what is going to happen if we change this, you know. So uh, I can I actually coach a little bit there and see if I get a yes there. And if it's a yes, I can work with him. But the part, the interesting part is when you think that the answer is one thing and you get another answer and people say, yeah, this is my subconscious mind answer. It's not me because it's not my conscious answer. So that's that's so cool to 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 watch, man. So yeah, so it's always fun to work with this, <laughs> right? Yeah, because I mean, to 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 grow from anywhere, you first have to have this level of honesty about mm -hmm. actually where you're at and what you've yeah. gone through. And for a lot of people, they've 
pushed those memories away because they're so awful, right? And they're so evil. And the only way they could have survived this long is just like trying to forget about it. Mm. And then those sort of memories get jumbled and you get disassociated from the moment. And now you don't really know what's happening. And then you finally decide this is enough. I want to change. I want to grow. I want to evolve. I want to heal. And it takes time to uncover what the actual truth of the matter is and being able to Mm. say, yes, this thing happened to me. I was abused, assaulted, whatever the case may be. Um, but your subconscious always remembers, always. Yeah, that's and if we it. Can, what you're doing is is bringing that to the forefront, so we can actually start with a place of honesty. Because if your clients, you know, aren't honest with you, then how are you supposed to figure out what they actually need or want? You're going off of a guess or a whim, and that's that's not what, um, you know, that's not what yeah. gets the actual results that you've been getting. And so that's a very important piece, I think. For sure. And uh, it's always about timing as well. You know, you never, uh, the person that wants to to work with you has to be at the right time. You know, sometimes it's not the right timing and we have to, as a third, as a person that wants to help people. And sometimes I really want to help this person that I have in front of me, really, you know, sometimes, but might not be the time. And I have to, I have to respect that. You know, I have to accept that maybe I cannot help this person at least at this moment, you know, or maybe it's got, it's got to be another person for me. It's okay. Uh, for me, the most important thing is to respect the client that I have. And also that the person gets results at the time that she wants or he wants the results. Yeah. But uh, it was a tough lesson actually, you know, because, uh, as a therapist as well, you know, you want always to, to do the best and you try so much, but uh, sometimes it's, it's it's not like how you want it. It's, it's the way it is. Everyone has its journey and we have to respect the journey, even our kid's journey, you know? So as a father as well, you know that, you know, your kid is doing this and it's not the right path. You can say that it's not, but, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to choose the, to do it or not to do it, you know? So, yeah, and you have, to, sometimes you just have to watch and, Help, help the way you can, but yeah, they have to, to walk the, the path, right? Yeah, every human to. being is, is free. Everyone, every human being has its own challenges and uh, that's how we grow as well. So yeah, I guess that's the, the path of that person and we've got to respect that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then when, when you're working with a client, when do, when do you start sort of tackling these limiting beliefs that mm. um, are sort of maybe pulling this person back or hindering their performance or production or their health or whatever, whatever the specific case might be? Oh, sorry. Uh, when do I start to work with that? Oh, so. Yeah, with, the, with initial... the limiting beliefs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I like uh, after the initial consultation, uh, I give homework. Uh, basically, I, I give two homeworks. One of them is like... Um, uh, I call it the freedom list. I think I, I took this out of uh, emotional freedom techniques. Uh, so I asked the client to write all the negative stuff, no, negative experience that they had since they were born till the present day, right? So it doesn't have to be a big test, a text. It could be like, uh, I don't know, like a January 2020, whatever, 20, 2010. I had an accident and I felt fear, you know, just some topics, you know. Okay. So I asked them to do this, and I also asked them to to write down the limiting beliefs that they they believe that they have, and also the expanding beliefs that they want instead of that. So after that homework, I do the first cons- uh, the, the like the first you know transformation reprogramming session. Then I I, I work through almost everything. Yeah. Sometimes it takes like an hour and a half. To, to took me two hours as well. But from that day, uh, they're gonna experience relief different outcomes in their in their life. So th- like I said, it's really, really fast. Yeah, it's really fast. So it doesn't take a long time. 
Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. How yeah. <laughs> um, how long did it take you um, to to develop to, to to develop this really sort of concrete way where you approach your clients? Oh yeah, so yeah, that would be like more than ten years for sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> you always like like we said, we're always taking courses, evolving, and all that. Uh, but uh, I'm doing this method maybe for three years. So I took a course called the control system. It's called, it's by team box. It's really cool. And, uh, that's the, the fastest way that I have found to reprogram the mind. But sometimes I have to use NLP stuff, and, you know, asking the right questions. Uh, so I think it's a, and experience as well, experience, our experience, you know, by working with so many people and also having heard so many stories since I was 20. So I'm, I'm 41 right now. So listening to the stories since uh, 20 years old of people that are 80, 90, you know, 40 with different kind of walks in life. And I was the kind of guy that I liked, like to ask many questions, you know, <laughs> and I learned so much with these people, you know, with my clients. I'm really blessed because of that. And having that, 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 that kind of experience as well helps us to uncover faster, you know, the patterns of the person that I have in front of me. And I'm going to be honest as well. I don't know if you... I believe this or not, like vibrations, intuition and all that. But it's interesting. And the, the thing that I like the most is when I'm working with someone, many times what happens is like I get in sync with this person's, I don't know, man, field maybe, you can call it field or mind or whatever. But sometimes I, I get the answers before the client. So it's really crazy. And I, was, I can ask like, you know, what do you think this is? The, what what Where this comes from? You know, and the, I don't know. But I was like, Oh, that, does this come from blah, blah, blah? And he says, yeah, that's it. You know, sometimes I really believe in this, you know, getting in sync, like the brain waves and all that. You know, yeah. even we are far away, we can do that. Because right. quantum physics, right? Quantum physics doesn't care about the distance and all that and time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so, I feel yeah. like that's a, I feel like that's a state of flow, right? You talk about exactly. flow and high performance, exactly. right? That's it. That's it. You're yeah. just like, you're like in sync. You have a vibe, you have a connected energy, right? I, I, I feel that on this podcast, like this exactly. is one of my flow activities. Like I'm just mm -hmm. here. Like there's nothing else happening in my life right now that could distract me from this thing. Exactly. That's, That's amazing. What I mean. Amazing. Right? I and, love that uh, feeling. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's unmatched, unmatched exactly. feeling, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's I just like, I, go ahead. I bet that uh, doing sports and all that, maybe you felt like some, while you're wrestling, you get into the zone that everything mm -hmm. flows and you're doing... Like, you know, you're throwing opponents away like so easily, you know, mm -hmm. because you're in sync, you're in flow, your mind is 100%, you know, it's, it's so cruel. And I, I feel that when I'm doing the, the sessions as well, which I love. Yeah. Yeah, because you, 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 yeah, I mean, when I was wrestling and playing baseball and when I do this podcast mm -hmm. and when I roll jujitsu, it's like, it's, it, not every day is flow. Sometimes it was like hard. Like you have to force yourself to get in <laughs> yeah. it. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm muscling my way through this practice today. But then there's some games and conversations where it's just like, it feels effortless. Yeah. And it's just that's like it. this wave that's just like flowing through me and into the other person. And it's like, <sighs> exactly, man. That's and it, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like in slow-mo, but it's also going really like, during it, it feels really slow, but then it also mm -hmm. feels like an hour went by in five minutes. Like I can sure. see and feel every word you're saying. It's like, oh, yes. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> That's it. No. And then, yeah, uh, man. Yeah, but I get it, man. But um, That's it. And, how, and how do you. 
Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I think that people should um, feel that many, more often, mm. you know, in life. And also when you're in flow, your life flows as well, you know, like uh, synchronicities, you know, like everything starts to, I don't know, fit together like a puzzle. That's because we, we are aligned with the higher self, you know, so having a clear vision of what you want, being, you know, uh, taking care of yourself, uh, having good habits. Um, and you get to this flow state every day, you know, like you're happy all the time and you like go to sleep happy, you, you know, all good and work goes well as well. Sometimes, sometimes it can happen that something doesn't go well, obviously, because we don't control everything, right? But it's the way we, we react to it. And if you have like a higher vibration, you're going to react better for sure. And that, that comes from having all the stuff, you know, just resolved. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when we get to productivity, which is probably a good place for it to go mm -hmm. right now, it's like if you if you can get into more flow, right, you get more productive, but you also get more time to do other things because you're not wasting time. You're exactly. not getting distracted. And a 30-minute task doesn't take you four hours. It takes you 30 minutes, you know? Exactly. And so yeah. how, how, do you, how do you get um, the people you work with to to get more productive what's blocking them first off to doing mm -hmm. the thing they want to do the most and then and then how do you uncover that so for, uh nowadays you know people know that they have to do this checklist and all that right but that's the basic stuff right and sometimes people don't do it the problem is that why they are not doing it you know so you have to uncover that maybe they want they just you know are afraid of being success successful maybe they're afraid of uh you know <clears throat> being too productive and being asked to do more work, you know, like a, in a company, you never know, right? So you have to uncover what's going on there. So every case is different. And uh, when you find out what it is, uh, using the subconscious mind as well, and uh, you can change that, you, you program that. And uh, most of the time, focus is something that people are struggling with nowadays. People cannot focus. They say that we have a, a less focused time than a goldfish. <laughs> so yeah, never heard about that. Mm -mm. No, yeah, yeah. There's like a study that uh, says the human beings are having like they cannot focus for a few like ten, eight seconds or something like that. So the mind is going everywhere, you know. Because like I said, we are practicing distraction every day. So if you practice something, you're gonna get good at it for sure, right? So we are getting yeah. really, really good at being distracted. Yeah, and being distracted basically is being out of control of our lives, of what I want, what we want. And also that goes goes to another um, talk, maybe of the society, how it's going and all that, you know, because people don't, don't think it's easy to control, right? So that's another topic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, distractions are huge, right? We have a society yeah. that is all distractions. It's all it's all we've built our culture to be is distractions. So the person who can combat that and have more self control and more willpower is ultimately mm -hmm. going to be more successful, whatever your definition of that is, than everyone else. Just by simply being able to pay attention to the right thing for the right amount of time. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's the competitive it's, advantage. That's the it, life it's, hack. It's not difficult. You know, it's not something. No, it's not something complex. It's simple, but could be. It can be difficult to achieve. Yeah. Yes. Especially nowadays. Yes, it definitely can be difficult. We have everything from. Mm -hmm. You know, easily access to to porn, to social media, to 
all of these things that can distract you over and over and over yeah. and over and over and over and over again. And then like all your friends are talking about it. So you want to be involved with the new thing and the new movie and the new show mm -hmm. because everyone's talking about it and you might not, and then, so you have to watch it. And then it's like, mm, exactly, you know, but, and that, yeah. And that goes to, uh, neurotransmitters, you know, like dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, all that is going to fire differently because of social media as well. So I think I really believe and, um, about, uh, the dopamine epidemic. So if you talk about, uh, with teenagers and all that, they are, they're struggling with anxiety, depression, because, they are getting dopamine highs easily, you know, without effort. If you got a dopamine high because of you doing sports or you're working really good, and, uh, really hard and you get results and you feel like, whoa, yeah, I did it, you know. So that's a good dopamine spike, right? But if you're going to get dopamine spike easily by just scrolling a phone, that's not healthy, you know. So I really think the next epidemic or I'm going to say it right now is the dopamine epidemic for sure. So yeah, that's I mean, something that we have to be aware of. Yeah. Yes. It falls in line with everything else, right? Like we, mm -hmm. we as a society refuse to be bored. Yeah, exactly. You know, me and you, you were bored when you were a kid, right? I yes. remember being bored, man. No, you know, in a room, nothing to do, like summer vacation. My, my friends are not there, you know, I was really bored. But that's important. Boredom is important. <laughs> but now I, I talk to my kids, you know, and, you know, why do you always, you know, always in the telephone, phone and all that? So oh, I'm, I'm bored, you know, but boredom is important. Boredom is important. It's time for you to go inside, you know, you have to have the time to go inside yourself because 10 years goes by really fast. And if you don't go inside and think about it, you, you, go to a place that you never planned <laughs> and they look back and they say, what the hell were I doing? Like 10 years. I, I that was not my plan, you know, <laughs> but you were distracted for 10 years. You didn't stop and watch where you're going. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, I think that's the, a really important, uh, uh, thing to work on. Yeah. Stop every day, plan, you know, think about what you're doing, what you want to do, what impact that you want to have in this life, you know, cause life, we are not immortals, you know? I have clients and the patients were with 88, 88 years old. I, I was there today, actually. And, uh, and we were talking about that. We, we think we are mortal, uh, immortals, but we are mortals, you know, and we forgot, forgot about that. And the samurai way, né? samurai, you know, the Bushido way, you have to be mindful of, you know, you might die today and, uh, you have to do the, the things that you want to do, the right things, you know, every day. So, like I said, I prefer to work, uh, I don't like to work like 16, 10 hours a day. I work like four or five or six or whatever. I work really tough, you know, like I'm focused, focused, but I work out like every day. I stay with family every day, you know. If I die tomorrow, I've done the things that I wanted to do today, right now. I'm not waiting for vacations, you know. <laughs> I just, I'm going to live life today. Yeah. Because you yeah. never know. No, it's very important. It's very important to contemplate that we're our lives are, are finite and that exactly. and that death is coming and it's coming for all of us no matter what everyone you love everyone you've ever seen a stranger the person you see on tv yeah. everyone will die and mm -hmm. that you have to you have to be able to contemplate that because just that initial thought can make you feel very morbid about life and then you could take this sort of nihilistic approach that okay then what the fuck's the point i'm just gonna sit on my couch and 
and scroll yeah. social media all day. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you actually contemplate it, like in, in your in your most deepest, profound way, by maybe listening to podcasts or watching things on mm-hmm. YouTube where you hear scholars and philosophers talk about it, then you can think, okay, yes, my life might be finite, but I can still transcend. I can still mm-hmm. transcend and I can still live a very powerful, meaningful existence while I'm here. And that's the most important thing. And then when I'm gone, I'm gone. I know that when I take my very last breath that I can say to myself, yeah, that was a, that was a hell of a fucking ride. And I'm proud of that and that life. (laughs) And that's it. And maybe your soul goes somewhere else or you have another existence. I have no idea. No, no idea. And I'm not going to make any guesses about it because that's way past my domain of competence. But I know that right now with my two feet on the ground in this world, I'm going to do things that I love. I'm going to tell people that I love them when I see them because I don't know when the last time will be the last time. And I'm going to learn as much as I can. And I'm going to be curious. And I'm going to try my best. And I'm going to fall down so many times. And I'm going to make so many mistakes. But I know that I tried. And that's all that I care about. Like, yes, when someone says anything at my funeral, if all they said was Aaron was a fucking person who tried really hard, I love that. Thank you done that's all you need to say that's cool for me nice man yeah you know Mm -hmm. and so i agree man i agree we we can we we just can do our best right and uh and it comes down to purpose again you know some people might have different kind of purpose i have i found my mind you know early and and actually i think purpose can change as well you know with time maybe 10 years 20 years now my purpose is going to change you know maybe it's going to scale and i want to i don't know save the world <laughs> or save like a i don't know ten thousand two thousand children you never know right uh, but i'm tr- i'm actually doing what i can with what i have so if you're going to do the the thing that you can and you you're doing it straight from the heart i think that's that's, that's enough right yeah yeah that's the way to go yeah well dan you, you are saving the world because you're helping one person at a time and that's no small feat right yeah. um it's not a small yeah thing. yeah it's not I would Never like is. to. I, w- I would love to be able to to you know to help even more people for sure. But yeah, I'm doing it, and maybe someday I'll I'll help even more. But I know that if I die today, I, I say this a lot of times. Like if I die today, I'll be happy because I, I know that I have helped so many people. You know, I know that I've grown as a human being as well. So yeah, it's obviously I would be sad because you know <laughs> I want to do much much more, and I want to live with my kids and all that and have different kind of experience in life. But, you know, I would, you know, I did what I could. So it's all good. Yeah. It was a good ride as well. And I have this experience because of one accident that I had, like a car accident, a really big one. Mm. So I was driving this uh, Vasco da Gama bridge. It's the longest bridge in Europe. So I'm driving like uh, after midnight and I was coming from a super, uh, meeting, business meeting. I was really hyped, you know, oh, life is good. Oh, I'm always hyped, you know, life is going really cool. Awesome. You know, my God. But like in a second, I was like thinking, but everything can change in a second. And when I thought that, the bonnet of the car that was ahead of me just flew and was going almost inside my windshield. It was like, in a fact, yeah, it was crazy. Then I turned the wheel. I got uh, out of control, spins, and, you know, had the accident. I was, I was okay, though, yeah. But that was something that, you know, made me feel that I was not in control. Like, I used to feel like when I was 20 to 30, I was like... I'm like the master of the universe, you know, I can do it, everything, you know, I was doing my work. I was having fun. I was like a powerlifting champion as well. Cause I competed. I was a vice national champion, you know, uh, 
so I was like really confident, you know, really, really confident. I was always confident since I was a kid, I guess. And my mom used to say, my mom is really, uh, for me, it's, you know, inspiration. She's, she knows me. And she used to tell me all the time, your confidence is your weakness, you know? <laughs> I was like, man, how my confidence can be a weakness, right? My confidence is my strength. But then I understood, you know, I had this car crash. Then I had my baby boy had a seizure. So I thought he was going to die. I have to be, you know, as cool as possible while everyone was going crazy. Like my wife, my daughter, thinking that my son would die, you know? And I was like, my God, I'm a therapist and all of that, but I cannot save my kid if something happens, you know? So I, once again, I felt out of control. So I was like, my confidence was dropped. So I started to have anxiety and panic attacks, actually, you know? Mm. And there's a, a guy that, you know, has muscles, martial arts. No one thinks about, you know, you're going to have anxiety attack. Like my friends were like, you, you know, no way, man. You're always, you know, so strong and all that. So it was really tough. That, that journey, it was a long, long years, you know, fighting that. And I could not stop working because I have to provide for my family. And, uh, you know, I work, I'm self-employed for 20 years. So if you stop working, you don't get money. I was, uh, in a, you know, at that kind of time, you know, making money and spending the, the, the amount of money that I was making it. So another lesson, right? Um, so it was kind of tough. So I was almost, I, I, I never talked about this actually, you know, because, but, but now I'm okay to talk about it. So I used to drive, you know, really sick, almost not being able to drive my kids to school go picking up, everything was a challenge, man. I would wake up in the morning, like with fear inside of me, you know, mm. like it was crazy. It was really crazy. So I did a lot of different kinds of therapies inside Portugal, outside Portugal, spend a lot of money. Uh, but yeah, it comes down to what I, what, what happened in the past as well, when I was a kid and uh, also being a father, you know, being responsible for, for this, my kids as well. So yeah, but that's what got me into understanding what is anxiety, what is mental health, right? Because I, till I was 32, 31, I didn't know what was anxiety. You know, for me, it was all good. I was always on the red line, but for me, I thought I was Superman. So yeah. Uh, but now I'm, I'm a better human being because of that. Now I understand my clients. Now I can explain all the symptoms, you know, they come to me, I say, okay, this is this, this is that. You feel this lightheadedness because of, you know, CO2, O2, whatever. I can explain everything and they, you know, I can serve better. Yeah. And that got me to neurotransformation as well, because I was taking course to help myself as well, you know, so now I can help others. So, yeah, I think it was part of the journey that I had to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was really tough as a man. I think it's a little bit difficult for us to admit that we are, you know, we are having anxiety, you know, you're not dying, but you, you, you're afraid, afraid of what, you know, you go fighting, you go, you know, do everything and just, you have anxiety attacks. What's that, man? You know? So I was kind of, judging myself, basically, you know, accepting that was really tough for me. Yeah. But then I, I learned that, uh, you know, commandos and rangers and all that have anxiety attacks. And they say that sometimes it's worse than going to, into a battlefield. I was like, okay, yeah, that's what I feel actually. And if uh, guys like seal and all that, you know, feel that sometimes, okay. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a human being as well. So, yeah. So that was a lesson for me. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for sharing that. That's a, it's a, a very powerful, you, powerful journey and powerful story, right? It only, it only, it only developed you into the, into the great father and, and husband and coach you are today, right? Mm, that's true, man. Yeah. So, uh, for 
like 10 years, I didn't understand the, the positive aspect of it. And usually you read, right? Like everything has a, something positive about it. And I was like, I don't know what's positive about this, man. I'm feeling that dying every day, you know? Uh, it was really tough, you know? And, uh, but yeah, now I can see the positive, <laughs> which is, I'm blessed. Yeah, I'm really blessed. Yeah. Yeah, those, those, the hardest moments, the most painful moments we have. One, pain is the only indicator and only real motivator for change, but it takes time. It takes time mm. to uncover what might we learn from the thing that happened to us? What might we yeah. learn? Why am I going through this struggle? Like when you're inside of it, in the trenches of it, you're, you're merely just trying to survive exactly. right? and, and see another day. But when you finally have enough like energy and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and things are starting to look a little better, then you can start to uncover what might've been the reason or what might have been the lesson or what might be the purpose because of this thing. And then you start to orientate your life in a different way because of this thing. Now you're navigating life in a whole different mind frame and with a different perspective and with a different gratitude. But when you're in the midst of it, I, 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 that doesn't make sense to me. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in the trenches. Like I'm, I'm, I'm deep in it. I'm trying to dig my way exactly. out of this fucking hole. And that's yeah. all the energy I have. I'm trying to show up for my kids. I'm trying to still work and provide. And that's yeah. enough right now. And then as things start to unfold and I get a little bit, you know, all of these things happen, then yes, now 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, I'm like, this thing happened. Now I'm this because of it. And now I can overcome these obstacles so much easier. I can relate to people better. I have less judgment around those situations. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's beauty in that, but uh, it takes time, 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 and yeah, effort and a little patience, but definitely time. And not giving up is important, man. So someone, someone is str struggling with the mental stuff, you know, it's, 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 you know, just don't, don't quit. You know, just don't give up. Try to find answers, you know, and you'll get there. You'll get there. You have to trust that that is possible. Yeah. Yes. And especially for men, you know, just reach out to your best friend, you know, just be open about it. And nowadays it's easier because they talk about more about this, right? Mental health. Mm -hmm. But maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it wasn't that easy. People right. wouldn't understand, actually. People wouldn't understand, you know. What is that, you know? I never felt that. Is it that bad? Just, you know, shake it off. <laughs> I was like, man, if I, if I could shake this off, I wouldn't be suffering, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So reach out. Yeah, reach out for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's a it's good, uh, good trying tip. to just deploy a little bit of vulnerability. And, you mm -hmm. know, there's there might be a some hesitation around vulnerability, but if you look at it as vulnerability is just being courageous and truthful, I think mm -hmm. that's, I think that's very powerful. Every hero, every hero you've ever looked up to is courageous and truthful. Yeah. Every hero. And if we can be that a little bit with our emotions, with how we're feeling, with how we need help, um, even with our accomplishments, be vulnerable about your accomplishments. Like tell people that you did something great but also tell people when you need a little help, that's courageous, that's truthful, yeah. and that's the the mark of vulnerability. Um, and it's and not gotta for everyone. Humble. Right, we gotta yeah, stay exactly. humble as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, and we have to be the hero of our journey. You mm. can choose to be a victim or a hero, you know? I never wanted to be a victim, never, you know? There is no, not even a second I was a victim there, but sometimes we could go to the victim mindset, but we gotta get out of there, you know? We gotta be the hero, you know? The hero always struggles with something. Always. And for me, it was my mind because I thought that my mind was the strongest. And actually, it was a great opponent. <laughs> it mm. was the best opponent for me. It was my own mind, man. my own confidence, my own stuff, you know, because 
I thought it was my, my strength, and it is my strength, but it was a, a great opponent. <laughs> the best yeah. one. How, how did the martial arts play a part in all of that? I mean, you've been doing oh, martial arts for 20 years now, right? So 25, maybe. I don't know. It's been... Man, so for me, I am who I am because of, uh, you know, Bushido and martial arts, you know. I'm not a, a big master of karate, and, you know, not. it's just about the philosophy, right? And for me, since I was a kid, you know, I used to be... Uh, you know, hanging pe with people that, uh, you know, smoke joints and all that, you know, I have like famous rapper friends and all that. I never smoked even once, you know, even cigarettes, nothing, you know, I don't drink. Uh, sometimes I drink just a little bit, but, you know, don't get drunk because my journey of martial arts started when I was a kid. I was like 12 or 13. So I went to Portuguese school in the weekdays. Then on Saturdays, I would have a Japanese school for Jap uh, people that have Japanese nationality. And there was a, 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 a teacher, a Japanese language teacher, that uh, knew karate. He was really strong and, you know, small guy like Mr. Miyagi. Mm. So I basically, and my name is Dan Daniel. And my second name is Daniel, actually. So I was like, Sensei, can you teach me karate? And he said, yes, you can, because I know you for 10 years now. I know that you're a good kid and you're not going to use this in the wrong way. So it's quite a kind of movie style, right? So I was practicing like every Saturday, then every day I would practice alone. I did this for so many years. And he, he taught me so much and uh, he's not here with us anymore. But uh, uh, yeah, um, he was like almost a father to me almost. Yeah, because my, my, my mom and father are separated and all that. So... I had I didn't have like much of a a, a masculine you know man uh, figure, uh, so I don't know I don't know how I got so manly, but I think that's because maybe I had this kind of imagination that man has to be like this you know. So yeah, he was a, a great father figure as well, and um, and he taught me this you know about you don't know when you're gonna die. You have to always respect your mother because when you're gonna fight, you don't know if you're gonna die in that fight or not, and you have having second thoughts about, you know, you should have done this and that, you're not going to be focused on the fight at 100%, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I used to live like, okay, I got to be, you know, mindful of treating people right, you know? So I took it all really serious. Obviously, I'm not going to fight in the street fight, but you never know, right? But the mindset was that, you know, since I was a kid. Don't get drunk because if someone wants to hurt you, they're going to find out that you want to be drunk or you have this habit and this is a weakness. So you, don't, you can't have a weakness. So martial arts for me played a big big role in my life for sure. So yeah, I'm, I'm disciplined because of martial arts as well, you know, mm. and gave me the mindset of never giving up, man. Because uh, when I did the, the black belt uh, exam in Japan, like when I was 17, I went to Japan. I went, my, my uncle, he's a seven degree black belt. He's really strong, you know, and uh, the exam was like 20, 20 minutes fighting, you know, and if you quit or if you get knocked out without no no protection and all that, you would lose, you know, basically you wouldn't get the black belt. So, yeah, almost puking, almost, I don't know, man, it was really tough. Um, but that made me, you know, the guy that doesn't give up, you know. So, yeah, that's why I never give up. Yeah. And we Such shouldn't give up because of us and because of the people that are around us as well. Mm such a such a valuable lesson i mean i i have so much love and respect for martial arts for sports right for just what it teaches people for what it can you know specifically as a as a man what it, what it taught me as a young boy right uh commitment discipline responsibility mm -hmm. teamwork uh, just like when you put in work over and over and over over a long period of time 
things will pay off for you. Like yeah. and just understanding that it's, it's, it's patience, it's persistence, um, how to get along with different people with different personalities in the same cohesive unit. Um, it's different in martial arts. It's more of an individual sport, but yeah, in team sports, but I understand that what way, you're saying. Yeah. you know, but with mm -hmm. martial arts, it's like, you can do hard things. Like that's what it teaches you. I know you take cold showers, Dan. It's the same thing, right? Yeah. It teaches you resilience. It's like exactly. you can do the thing that's hard. And then when ultimately something happens in your life, like a loved one gets diagnosed with cancer, you can yeah. be resilient through that. Maybe you can't cure them, but you can show strength and, mm -hmm. and resilience with that person. And they might believe it through you because there's a belief that happens when people get sick. And, and these things yeah. correlate. They're not just like, oh, I just do martial arts because, you know, whatever. It might be fun. I, I think it's very fun. And there's a fun aspect <laughs> to it. Joy Sometimes it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Not when I'm getting, not when I'm getting my arm broken or getting choked out, exactly. but yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah. But if, you if you love people, you know, if you have loved ones, I think we have the responsibility of, you know, being the best we can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The best we can be in everything, you know, physically, mentally, you know, because if you love someone, we want to support them, right? Right. We want to be there for them. And you have to be capable of, you know, being the guy that supports the, the loved ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be just be becoming you know, the best version of you in greatest service to the world. I think that's exactly. the thing. Exactly. You know? man. That's what we're here for. Make this yeah. world a better place, you know, starting with us. And uh, yeah. one thing that I really believe, man, I don't know, I'm maybe naive a little bit. <laughs> I'm usually naive, but uh, I really believe that humans, everyone actually has a, a big, you know, light inside of them. But sometimes it gets covered with all the negative stuff that happens to us, you know. And they cannot shine as bright as they should be shining, you know. So sometimes I feel that my one of the, my example, my missions, my purpose to help them uncover their real light inside of them. Because I really believe that people are really, you know, I don't know if it's true. I, I think people should be, you know, pure and maybe inside they are, you know. But there are so many stuff that happens how, how you grow up. Sometimes, you know, you, you don't choose and you're, sometimes you're not lucky where you were born, right? And uh, yeah, I think it's so important to heal the world also like that and uh, to to make them just let go of the stuff that is covering this brightness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think that's per <laughs> that's perfect. That's a perfect way to end um, this great conversation. So thank you, Dan, thank you, for your you for your much. wisdom and your energy, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It was such a pleasure to meet you as well. And uh, yeah, really, it's interesting how uh, you know, the vibration attracts, you know, vibration, the same vibration as well. So thank mm -hmm. you very much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. Uh, Until next hope time. Hope to talk to you soon, man. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to that episode with Dan Nakamura. What was your biggest takeaway from that episode? What idea stood out to you the most that you could implement into your life today? And if you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend because the podcast grows from people like you sharing it with people like you. And please don't forget to leave us a rating or review on Spotify, Apple, or Good Pods. But 
the absolute best way to support this podcast is through Patreon. Patreon.com slash Aaron Mashbits directly supports me, this podcast, and my mental health nonprofit, You Are Loved. But most importantly, most importantly, above all else, above all else, please take good care of yourselves and others. And I'll see you next time. Lots of love. Cheers.